Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Podcasting from the top of the rocks. This is News on the Rocks with Patty Steele. So something happened to me when we began this podcast that has never happened before. What's that, Patty? The equipment crashed. What? So we're looking at this as an opportunity to um, redo what is a wonderful podcast. When I got here, I was exhausted from walking just 12 blocks in the 90 degree heat in New York City today but here we are in Bryant Park at the Fever Tree Porch with the king of Fever Tree. Wait, what are you? You're not the king of Fever Tree. What is your official title? I'm, I'm, I'm officially I'm the CEO of Fever Tree in North America. The North American CEO. There you go. That's like so cool sounding. So wait a minute what is this place right now is this do you own this or does the park own this or does the city own this or do, who owns does the queen of england own this <laughs> i don't think the, the queen, queen of england she may have done at one stage you know that was a long, long time, ago. time ago long time ago um i th- um so this is owned by bryant park and so they own it um it is a not-for-profit um they then le- basically have given the operator rights to ARC, so the Bryant Park Grill, who operate and run this. Mm-hmm. And then we are the named sponsors, obviously, right. um, of the Fever Tree Porch, which we started not alive, you know, um, August last year. And Oh, so this is not, this is this is your second year, well, sort of. This was going to be our first full summer, so I know. we're really excited about that. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, it was amazing during the winter when they had the v- winter village and the yes. ice skating rink and all the rest of it. Oh, so you were out here during the cold weather as well? well we don't, we're out here during the cold weather. I think oh, they, they wow. for something like four to six, six weeks every year. So I could come in here and have like a really intense whiskey yep. uh, drink. What would I mix it with if I came to oh, Fever Tree? I mean, in the winter? Yeah. Um, ginger beer. I mean, mm, warming, yeah, hot, yeah. spicy. You get that little fiery. tingle down your throat. Yeah. Fiery. <laughs> right, you know, a right. A nice little sort of Kentucky mule of something, something like that. Well, that's what they called me in college. The Kentucky mule? <laughs> well, not, not to be too newsy or too crass, mm-hmm. but the shutdown and the quarantine were actually good for business, right? Well, um, Yes and no. I mean, you know, no, first and foremost, because, you know, bars and restaurants closed, you know, the idea of social interaction, you know, we do a third of our business in bars and restaurants. Right. Um, and, you know, we've lost all these amazing places. Yeah. We've lost all these amazing people like, you know, the bartenders, the mixologists. Yeah. Um, 
and, and, and you know we've this place has been closed since early March so you know and they were due just they were due to reopen right and and they didn't reopen until a week ago so you know very 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 sad to lose that but so mid-June sort of they reopened literally I think it was about two weeks ago yeah yeah and we started off just doing takeout now you can sit with a limited menu right um, it's very well controlled I think you know they're sanitizing they're cleansing um, you know they're doing a phenomenal job right um but you know, I can't. But you know, back to your question. But what we have seen is a strong shift to people making cocktails, making their own drinks at home, making you know simple long mix drinks, and experimenting with their whiskeys and their vodkas and their gins right, and their rums. Like I, I came here, and um, this is called a Paloma Correct. Fever Tree Paloma. Fever Tree Paloma. Porch Paloma. We should we should preface all of this by telling anybody who weirdly doesn't know what Fever Tree is, because Fever Tree is in the world the number one um, beverage for mixing with spirits. We're the number one premium mixer globally. We're now available in over seventy five countries around the world. Right. Um, and every single state in America, which is fantastic. So, and your your really your mission was to create something that matched the beauty of the creation of the spirits. Correct. So, you wanted to find something that didn't destroy the the spirits. It was interesting because I was reading a thing that said, you know, these people spend all of this time making these great whiskeys and gins and vodkas and all these different spirits, and then about fifteen seconds before you throw it down your gullet, they throw in this junk at so many places i mean it isn't it isn't i mean even some decent restaurants and bars they don't have any sense of how important what well they still use in many cases they still use these horrible soda guns Mm -hmm. and you know they're dragging up you know from the bowels of their building through these horrible lines yeah um and then mixing it literally i mean they call it a post mix because it's mixed literally there and then um it's it's basically a syrup mixed with another syrup that's getting water with carbon yeah and then and and you know injected into your drink and as you say you know a distiller whose life's work has gone into this magical creation of a delicious <laughs> bourbon or a rum or a scotch or a gin gets destroyed completely right. by right. the addition of artificial ingredients high fructose corn syrup because people didn't care about the mixer Right. And yet, you know, and Fever Tree was founded with this very simple, very simple mission, which is if three quarters of your drink is the mixer, right. then the mixer deserves at least equal billing right. in the drink. And it should be crafted as, as carefully as the alcohol is, Correct. the crafted liquor. Crafted in the same way. So yeah. we're very proud that we are, you know, we're non-GMO. Um, we use only, you know, real ingredients, you know, mm-hmm. natural ingredients. So in our... In our tonic water, we use quinine from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Or as we say here, quinine. Quinine, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, in our gingers, we use three types of ginger. One from Cochin in India, mm-hmm. one from the Ivory Coast, and one from Nigeria. And we believe it's the blend of those three that gives you a really fiery, oh, spicy, so peppery Both the ginger beer and the ginger ale, you have this like zing. And yeah. it's not, it's not, it doesn't hurt you, but it really revs yeah. I mean I like it even just plain let alone with um, mixing it with but on a more essential level how much can you blame this on the and I want to be careful with what I say unsophisticated American palate it's not I, I don't think it's the American palate this this is the global palate I mean the brand started in the UK by but don't June. we like really 
sweet drinks? I think everybody always says the American palate is slightly sweeter than, let's say, the European palate. Well, go down south and it's twice as sweet yeah, as the, it is yeah. in New York. And, and yeah. But, you know, you know, this brand was created in the UK to address, you know, gin and tonic tasting dreadful because the, the, the tonic water had been essentially you know, over-engineered and cost-engineered down to zero over many, many years. And the levels of quinine were, were minimal. Um, if you go to look, look at a lot of the gin, ginger ales, uh, I've done a tasting of you know, a big ginger ale brand next to our ginger ale, and people think they're drinking Sprite. And that's, <laughs> Sprite, because oh. it's been cost-engineered to a point whereby they're only using artificial ingredients. They're not using real ingredients. There's no real ginger in many ginger ales. Oh, yeah, you can, you can definitely taste well, that. Well, how old is the, uh, the market of premium mixers? Is this a market you created or just that you own? So, Fever Tree was the first, um, the first mover here. So these two gentlemen, um, Charles Rolls and Tim Warlow, met in 2003. Um, Tim wanted to start. Charles had, had, had resurrected Plymouth Gin and then sold it, and Tim wanted to start a gin brand. They had a lunch. I mm-hmm. think it was a very long lunch. It was clearly a very good lunch because <laughs> during the lunch they worked out that it wasn't the gin that was the problem; it was the tonic. And so they spent two years believe it or not, researching the history of quinine, the history of tonic water, to really understand how to make the best tonic water in the world. They went to the British Library, and two years later, they produced their first product. Two years. Wow, a lot Um, of experimenting. A lot of experimenting. So the first product was launched in 2005, and so the company is now, you know, 15 years old. Gin and tonic has a very long history in the UK. It's it's really kind of the drink. Um, and you were talking a little earlier about where it came from. Can you tell us that story? Sure. Um, well, so so I'll tell you the story of the tonic because so so tonic is always made with quinine. Right. It should always be made with quinine. And the best quinine in the world comes from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Is it um, a plant? Yes, so the um, quinine comes from the chinchona tree. Okay. It's the bark of the chinchona the tree. Oh. And you extract the essence from that bark to get quinine. And of course, in the you know, colonial days of the British Empire, British soldiers would be stationed and posted all over the world. Sure. And they were um, often afflicted by malaria. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would be given every single day um, a ration of gin, mm-hmm. and they'd be given some of this chinchona bark Mm -hmm. a little bit of sugar and they would drink it as a gin and tonic medicinal (laughs) medicinally to ward off the effects of malaria and the great story about the brand is the fact that the the name fever tree Mm -hmm. comes from the comes from the name that the locals give it in the democratic republic of congo because it quells the fever of malaria. Wow. Hence, ah. the chinchona tree is called the fever tree. Fever tree. So the brand's name is rooted in, you know, being 100% natural, authentic, right from the very source. It is. I was. I just had over at my house yesterday a really dear friend whose mother um, is a great golfer and uh, just a really incredibly lovely lady. And every single day, she has a bottle of fever tree. And I, I was that really, you know, I said, oh, how did you know about it? She's 97 years old. Mm-hmm. And she said she does it because it helps leg cramps. Yeah, correct, correct. 
I didn't it's, know that. It's it's bizarre. I mean, I, I hadn't heard that much until I came to America. And, and what's amazing is there's even some doctors that actually recommend and say, no, you should, I mean, no, that you should drink it because the quinine is going to help help against you're supposed to keep this is no fooling you're supposed to keep a bottle of it by your bed if you get one of those searing leg and a bottle of gin no 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 just the (laughs) just the uh the tonic water for the cramps wow but do you think these better mixers are why gin is more popular or why has gin become yeah now finally the u.s is gin the in it drink now i think uh, look uh, i mean What's amazing about America is is the um, the diversity of palates here. Yeah, you know, you I mean you know tequila's popular here, bourbons and whiskeys and scotches and rye's and then the you know aperitivos the you know the aperols of the world, um, and then all the gins, vodkas, rums. I mean, the the diversity of spirits in in America is probably second to none anywhere else. <laughs> really, I, that's we're number one. Yeah. There you go. No, no. I mean, honestly, I mean, and. And yet, you know, gin, you know, I mean, cognac is huge here. Yes. Um, and, and, and I think it's because of the diversity of the population, the diversity of the people, the diversity of cultural backgrounds, the diversity of influences. Um, but gin is very much on, on the rise. And you're seeing the rise really coming through premium gin. Premium gin consumed, yes, in cocktails, but also as a simple long mixed drink with tonic water. And, sure. you know, what, what's been fascinating for me is to see the way that it's evolving and the way it's developing because our sales of things like our elderflower tonic water mm, which, which is, is you know we I reduce love. the levels of quinine to take out some of the bitterness mm-hmm. and then you get that natural sort of light floral um, aspects of the elderflower coming into the tonic which which just makes the gin and tonic a little bit more accessible um, for the American palate um, the same with the you know the same with um, our Mediterranean tonic mm-hmm. which has got lemon thyme and rosemary in it mm. um, or the cucumber tonic um, which is a light one so it's lower in calories see I'm anxious to get that because I have spent more time muddling cucumber into my Hendrix and then just pouring in regular <laughs> so I need the <laughs> but there you go you see, now, but you're somebody who will take the time to muddle cucumbers oh absolutely most of us won't right, you know, most right. of us are far too lazy to do that <laughs> um, or, or, or you know and, and so the light cucumber tonic We've already done that work for you. Yeah. If you see yeah. what I mean? We've done that work because we've blended cucumbers into the quinine in the perfect proportions mm-hmm. to ensure that your gin and tonic, your vodka and tonic. Do you know how I love our cucumber tonic? Hmm. Aperol. Because quite often people don't want to have an Aperol spritz because they don't want to open a full bottle of Prosecco. Right. But if you want to have just one or two of an evening, right. then the light cucumber tonic balances that the Aperol beautifully creates this very refreshing oh that sounds wonderful right and it's low it's low calorie low sugar and low alcohol drink right so beautiful on a summer's day um, Aperol and cucumber tonic I highly that's what I drink at, at home. I Let me ask you another question. One of my many bosses on the TV side, he likes smoky drinks. Mm. Smoky scotches, I yep. guess. Mm-hmm. And so I was tasting some, and it's like you, you, you feel like you're drinking charcoal. <laughs> what is the appeal of smokiness? They have a smoky ginger ale, yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, again, it's, I mean, you know, you, know, you look at Islay malt whiskeys, you look at mezcals, yeah. you know, you look at those things. Those are, you know, 
I mean, they're wonderfully complex. They're beautiful drinks. I mean, for me, I enjoy one or two. And, you know, we made a smoky ginger ale. Mm-hmm. Adding some applewood smoked water, um, or using applewood smoked water. And what do you put in that? Alongside, what, what what do you mix it with? Yeah. You can mix it with something like a mezcal mm-hmm. to go, you know, dub, double smoke, as it were. Or right. you can mix it with a, like an Ardbeg mm-hmm. Oral of Freud. If okay. you're looking for a long mixed drink there. But frankly, also, it tastes great with a scotch. All right. Great with a bourbon. Yeah. And just adds a bit of difference, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. It's about variety. And you taste the smoke? Oh, yes. Very much so. Wow, wow. Um, I mean, I mean, my my favorite of our ginger ales is the um, spiced orange, um, which has um, takes our three gingers. Mm-hmm. And then to that, we've added some cold-pressed South African clementines oh, for the orange flavor. Right. And then steam-distilled Sri Lankan cinnamon to give you the spiciness. And that was designed specifically to go with a brand like Hennessy VSOP um, and to really bring out all those wonderful cognac flavors. And if you think of cognac, orange, and ginger, those three flavor combos are just sensational together. It's like being in a kitchen when you have great ingredients to make some dish. So it's it's really the same mentality. It's it's everything you add to the, what you start, the beautiful ingredients you start with, is meant to just light it up. But yeah. I'm I'm hearing a lot of words that I can understand and spell, meaning <laughs> meaning they're natural and there's no preservatives. Yeah. Talk about this uh, movement toward healthier mm. or as you call it, better for you drinking. Well, you know, we, we, yes, you know. We all know when we go out to have, you know, a bar to have a drink, you know, it's a it's a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, we always say, you know, at the end of the day's work, you know, that affordable everyday treat is yeah. my first drink after work. It's that moment of refreshment. But equally, you know, we're very health conscious these days. You know, we have endless gym memberships and mm-hmm. we've got Pelotons at home and we're, you know, like to keep ourselves fit and healthy. Right, right. Um, and, and so when we're having our guilty pleasures you know we like to keep we like to know what we're what we're doing and I think the great thing about you know this simple long mixed drink is that you know exactly what you're putting into your body we also know that we want to put natural ingredients into our body not artificial ingredients we want to put real sugar if we're going to have sugar we want to put real sugar in there not high fructose corn syrup because it's it's heavy and it's chlorine it's hard for the body to well break and it, it also down. masks the flavor of whatever it's in Correct. Max, but it yeah. kills the flavor because it it weighs so heavily but that might be palate. why they put it in because it's masking bad flavor yeah. um, <laughs> and and so it's 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 you know it, it's so important to have you know authentic real ingredients you know we we, we're very proud to say that you know we go to the ends of the earth to source the very best ingredients you know the um the paloma the porch paloma that you're drinking oh so you know we we use the best grapefruits in the world um which we believe come from florida great tonic and and um tequila really delicious incredibly refreshing without any of the crazy bite that you can sometimes get from tequila and this was and this was you know, designed again to be a low-calorie drink. Right. So you got low, low in calories, simple drink with mm-hmm. loads of flavor and loads of taste. The tequila's a hero in this drink, right. but equally the grapefruit's the hero. And that's when you get the balance right. When you get the balance wrong, which I think you do with a lot of these syrup guns, right. 
you, you, you don't taste the whiskey anymore. You don't taste the gin anymore. You don't taste the spirit. Right. So the spirit is being disrespected. Yes. By using, you know, by, by using artificial, whether it's at home or whether it's in, in a bar. So when you guys first got started, was the idea more about um, servicing high-end bars and restaurants and not as much in the beginning home? Or did you think about that right off the bat? Because now is the perfect time to make that transition into, into creating a wonderful opportunity at home to create these 18 or $20 drinks for a lot less because <laughs> you're at home. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, um, the, the answer is both. Uh-huh. You, know, um, you, know, you know, people you know, love to go out to bars. They love, you know, we all love going out to bars. We love going to restaurants. We love the experience. Sure. We love the theater. We love being served a great drink. Right. We love, you know, most of our first experiences of drinks come in bars. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's wow, what, what shall I have? And, and the, you know, the... They recommend. Well, the number one question asked in a bar is, what do you recommend? Right. What's your house special? Yeah. What's your favorite? Right. You know? And so that's where that's really important for us mm-hmm. to be in the bars, on the menus, listed there. But equally, you made the point already, but, you know, people love to be at home and when they have guests around or when they're on their own, mm-hmm. as we have been a lot, sadly, recently. Right. Um, we like to have that affordable everyday treat at, at home. Right. We love to replicate that bar experience. Right. And how many times have we sadly been to friends' parties where they've got some of the finest line, lineups of spirits? Yeah. And then they've got these horrible litre bottles of um, mixers yeah. to... Which destroy these spirits. I mean, I go to right. most of these parties and if and I see those... And all the sparkle those, leaves after the first couple of drinks. Sparkle and leaves. You're left drinking flat, heavy syrup. Yeah, just um, sugar and water. So you just said, just give it to me on the rocks. Right. Um, and then you're not enjoying it as much because you want to have you know, two or three drinks, but you want long drinks. You want refreshing drinks. You yeah. want clean drinks. You yeah. want drinks. Back to the better for you point is that you want a drink that you're going to enjoy and that and that's not going to do you, you know, m- more. It's not going to uh, over overdose you on your calories for the night, right. or whatever it is, whatever, With, however your brain works. Well, yeah. For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. You know, isn't it? Now, this again is getting very medical. Seems like the real sugary drinks, like mm-hmm. rums, right. give me headaches. There's just so much sugar, and then the more sugar, it's all sugar on sugar. It's harder for my brain. Could that have to do do something with the brand that you're drinking, or is know, it just purely like, the way it's made? Vodka is easier on my brain than anything with a lot of sugar. Huh. That's why when I add a lot of sugar, I have to be very careful. See, I drink gin, and I drink vodka, but I drink gin because, weirdly, it makes me happy. I can't explain that. It has that impact on me when I drink it. It's I'm, just. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I think it's funny because we all have this strange. We have spirits that we love and, and that chemistry make us feel that it, great. Yeah, and they and then we have things that you know, and and it could be it's a reference point from your first experience. Mm-hmm. You know, often people's first experience with alcohol necessarily isn't a good one. And no, just, <laughs> in the back seat of a car, yeah, whatever, out of I mean, a box. It's, it's, it, yeah, but it's not. <laughs> and so and so, what happens is we kind of form relationships. With things that we go, I like this, I don't yeah. like this, I like the other, I don't, you know, and, and some people like certain things and, and, and then suddenly you say, no, no, and, and that's two very interesting reactions, one to gin, because some people would say, 
Well, gin makes me very sad. And you go, it makes me happy. Yeah. And some people would say, rum gives me energy. And you would say, rum gives me a headache. So there you go. It's, it's, it's your body chemistry. It's, I, it's, I, I genuinely think there's a lot. Yeah. Well, then let me ask you this question. Shaken or stirred? <laughs> well, you see, as a, man who, as a man who ran a vodka brand, and but as a man who also did the last James Bond movie, Spectre. Oh. So, so I'm... I believe that there's a martini out there with your name on it, the way you like it, mm-hmm. whether that's shaken, whether that's stirred. And, and both of them to me, uh, and, the, and the purists will tell you, absolutely stirred. And the people looking for a bit more vibrancy and energy will always love go, that shake. <laughs> love the shake, love the energy of the shake. And right. we love the theater uh, And the, the icing. Shake. Wait a minute, back up. Whereas, whereas the stirring sort of takes far too long. So... <laughs> But there's times when you really appreciate a stirred martini versus a shaken martini. But let me, were you the villain, Inspector? What do you, what, what do you mean? No, I wasn't. You I just was a, dropped that in hello, there. Hello, he was James Bond. I did the last I was not James what Bond. What do you mean? What did you do the for the movie? No, no, no. So um, uh, my last role, I used to run Belvedere Vodka globally. Uh-huh. And we were, the, um, we were the vodka partner for uh, Spectre, which was the last movie, what which fun. was one of the most... One of the most fun experiences oh, of my entire life. So what that mean? Were you on set? Were you? No, we we, we, we got you know we got. You did all the parties. <laughs> we did all the parties. See, and, um, we did the premieres. We did the you know the premiere at the Royal Albert Hall and then the after party at the British Museum. Oh lord! We did an amazing event in Mexico because. Um, oh, that scene in Mexico! It was Whoa. Amazing. And the and the the Bond girl Stephanie Sig- Sigmund. Yeah. She was the first ever Mexican. Bond girl right so they did the premiere for the North American market Mm -hmm. in Mexico City and it was the same weekend as the Grand Prix the Formula One Grand Prix so it was a and it was the Day of the Dead weekend so it was the craziest weekend Ever. You have the worst possible run of jobs, don't you? That was a that was a very bizarre weekend. Wow! Oh, you loved every was, minute I of it. I loved every second of it. It was it was hilarious. The um, Day of the Dead. That's so great. Yeah. Does Daniel and, Craig like uh, Belvedere? I don't want to speak for Daniel Craig, but um, <laughs> you know, I'm very sure he's a man, of you. I, I'm sure he's a man of uh, exceptional taste, so I'm sure he does. Yeah, uh, and he loves Fever I'm Tree. I'm sure he does too. Yeah. Well, being a good Brit, he should. <laughs> so, are you getting? What is the response right now with everything um, sort of under lockdown? Do you guys get word from the public? Do they have a way to reach out to you? Or yeah, what I mean, they- people. I mean, people are reaching out to us. I think what's interesting is is. People are asking us every recipes. day how to make how to how to make a great tasting drink at home. You have so many um, great recipes on your website. Yeah. It is the sexiest drink website I think I've ever seen. We we are, um, you know, we've been doing a lot of work um, through Google on YouTube, actually mm-hmm. telling the brand story, right? Um, which is great, and that's helping people go. Oh wow! I wonder how to make this. I wonder how I could make that. I wonder how to make the other. And then when we feature drinks on things like our Instagram page or we feature, you know, drinks that we've had partnerships with the likes of Punch, mm-hmm. Imbibe, I, one of the best pivots yeah. that I saw during this whole time was Time Out, which moved from Time Out to Time In. <laughs> yes. And then as you change the name of the magazine, right, we're yes. now going to be Time In. <laughs> and we were doing some stuff with them and they started, look, here's 
six great ways to do this. For Cinco de Mayo, we obviously did a lot around the Paloma. Sure. How to make you know great Palomas, great. You know, they were doing something on Palomas and margaritas, and how to make great tacos and everything at home to have your own you know um, Cinco de Mayo party. Now you have some lemonades too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, what do you do with those? So we have two, um, we have a sparkling lemon, mm-hmm. um, which is delicious. Um, in fact, we have it here with, um, with vodka. Mm. Really, really nice. Very, we use Sicilian lemon, so it's very kind of tart, delicious, yeah, natural yeah. Lem- lem- lemonade. And then we have a lemon tonic. Um, and bizarrely, this used to be called bitter lemon. Mm-hmm. But consumers today, people... The word bitter scares them? Scares them. Yeah. So we changed the name to Lemon Tonic and the sales improved overnight because they're, oh, wow, I'd love to try that. So that's a weird We're one. We're so naive. No, no. I, I, <laughs> no, but, but I mean, yeah, but again, I hear I you. It. It's like bitter it's, lemon. It's na- I mean, there are, I know in Whole Foods, there are certain fishes that they used to sell under uh, certain names and found that people were like, ew, you know, yep. why do I want a mudfish or whatever they called it? And then suddenly they change it to flower fish and everybody wants to buy it. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> I think it, it is. It's it, it's all about perception. Marketing, yeah. And perception. How does somebody get your job? What an interesting career you've had. Why are you trying to take his job? Do you have like... Tell you that. Watch do you have, out. <laughs> do you have like a master's in mixology or what? What? Uh, How did I get into this? I think I fell into this like, like probably every experience of my life. Um, <laughs> I no, I mean I, I I've been very fortunate. I've been very lucky in my career. I actually I started my life as a soldier, believe it or not, um, in the British Army. I was an officer in the British Army for That's cool six years. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> And then I, um, I left and I thought, well, what have I, what have I learned? Um, you know, I've learned a lot about bars and alcohol and drinking. <laughs> so I, That was my I, brother in the army. I, he learned to I, drink no. vodka in Russia, of all places. But I, um, I was always fascinated about um, sort of people's behavior and behavioral change. And so I found myself in the alcohol industry. Um, I started at Bacardi when it was a single brand company. Wow. They didn't own anything else. They only owned Bacardi Rum. Wow. And it's still a family company today. Is it really? Yep. Still a family company. Wow, lucky rum them. Yep. <laughs> but today they have brands like Patron and sure. Grey Goose and sure. Dewar's. Oh. oh, I didn't know Saint they had Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah, wow, yeah. it's Saint Germain. Along, along with the Bacardi yeah. brand. So they've become a, you know, a mega global company, an amazing sure, sure. company. But I started with them as when they were a single brand company. Um, then I went to Diageo, which owns things like um, you know Johnny Walker and Gordon's sure, Gin, wow. Tanqueray, um, what other? Um, obviously, Bullet Bourbon now here in the yes. U.S. Smirnoff. And then I finished. I finished my alcohol career at, at Moa <laughs> Hennessy. So, you know, with with beautiful champagnes and and stunning cognacs and amazing whiskies like Glenmorangie, Ardbeg, and then you know I was running Belvedere Vodka globally. So I always say that as my alcohol career went along, my drinks cabinet got better and better and better. <laughs> now you have a lock on it, right? <laughs> and, and, and this was this was my way to pivot from being in the you know wines and spirits in industry where I think I'd done my dash, or my dash had done me. I wasn't sure. Um, because I, I would often find myself in places like Las Vegas or 
Cannes at some film festival I was the oldest person in the nightclub <laughs> um, by a long way some, sometimes by like 20 years so I thought it was time to do something else and I'd, I'd had the good fortune of meeting Tim and Charles when they were starting up Fever Tree right right and I um I actually mandated that anywhere in the world where we did an event, mm-hmm. um, Fever Tree had to be, be the, the mixer, mixer for Belvedere Vodka. Wow. Because it made Belvedere taste its very best. Yeah, yeah. Because the mission at Fever Tree is to make everybody's drink, any sure. drink, taste better. Sure. And so, you know, when you're running a global brand in 120 countries around the world, um, Fever Tree today is in about 75 of those. So, um, you know, it was great that we were able to partner. And, you know, they came to talk to me about, would you like to run the North American business? And, you know, an amazing opportunity in a, in a fantastic country with, um, you know, so much... Um, Is this potential. the first time you've lived here? So, I know I've been living here... Um, uh, I've been living here now for got like eleven years. Okay. I moved here in two thousand and nine. In the do you middle. like us? <laughs> Love it. Here. <laughs> What's he going to say? <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, look, I have an American son. Okay. He was born here. Oh, Aww. okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, so I, I, um, I actually used to describe myself as a Scotsman running a Polish <laughs> vodka, <laughs> right? Working for a French company. <laughs> You're like the United Nations. Yeah. Wait, I haven't finished yet. Oh. Married to an Australian. <laughs> what? Who's also in, in the, the, who's also the high in the, end, yeah, end of the business. Father right? of a U.S. citizen. And father of a, a U.S. citizen and an English daughter. So a pillow talk at home, is it all about liquor? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be very bored, I think. <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask you something totally unrelated, because you've said a word that intrigues me. You say the word pivot. So this horrible pandemic, this horrible unrest mm. in the country has a lot of people reevaluating their lives. But what I'm hearing from you is we should not be afraid to pivot and make right. big changes. Yeah, I think I, I, I agree. I think whether it's whether it's in business, whether it's personally, you know, humans are. I mean, we are phenomenal creatures. We should celebrate ourselves every single day. We are amazing. I do. <laughs> we are amazing creatures <laughs> yeah. because we are have the ability to change direction yes um, to be flexible uh, to innovate and to, to use your difficult moments yeah, correct, to, to improve yourself you know, to, to, to innovate to become you know more creative more dynamic um, and and so yes I mean God we all hate what's happening at the moment in the world but sitting at home and feeling sorry for yourself or you know crying yourself to sleep at night I, I, you know I don't see that. What I see is businesses. I see people coming up with amazing ideas of yeah, ways, new to, ways of doing. new ways to do things. Yeah. You know, bars saying, "Right, we'll do takeaway drinks for you." Um, restaurants saying, "We'll we'll prepare the food for you. You pick it up and just cook it at home." Yes, I mean, isn't that amazing? Yeah. Isn't I that love wonderful? that. I did that with one you know, restaurant. It was um, really great. You also see, I think, the best of humanity. You know, this this aspect of you know community. You know, people giving back. You know. These amazing chefs, you know, Jose Andres, oh, you know, yeah. Daniel Ballou, you know, oh. Eric Reaper, yeah. all these guys who've got these stunning businesses. And what have they done? They've gone, we're going to serve our, our community. Our community served us well. We're going to give back to our community. And I just think that is so, that's so much about what the human spirit's about. And 
we will get through this but things will look different the other side things look different the other side after the financial crisis in 2008 2009 things look different in new york after 9 11 yes things look different you know after you name it whatever happens but we can all look back over the events of our lives you know and and we've all experienced i mean you know, I was living in Germany when the Berlin Wall came down. I moved to Poland in 1992, just after the wall had come down, and was one of the frontiersmen into the former Eastern Bloc, the communist right. Eastern Bloc. Wow. Look at Poland today. It's the most vibrant, you know, vibrant dynamic. Yeah, all the beauty you know, has come yeah, to life. All the beauty's come, all that suppressed beauty has come, come to life. Why? Because of people, because of hum- the human spirit, our ability to be flexible, our ability to innovate, and our love of... Um, of community and I, I, I really see that and oh, I, 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 John and I have talked about this the difficulties and I talk to my kids about this the difficulties that you face in life are a blessing because when everything is status quo it's okay you know things going on great whatever but when you're delivered a real challenge you have the opportunity to face that and say what do I have to learn from this and once I learn it how can I share it and I think that is essential and I think that we can 100% apply that to this time Mm. I see people coming up even in our business with new ways of communicating new ways and and in funny ways kind of simplifying what we used to do. I mean, John, you see this oh, particularly yeah. in television. Yeah. It, it, it used to be big studios with lights and all these computers and all this other stuff. And suddenly, he's doing the weather from his backyard in the fire pit with flowers I, I around. I see people making podcasts on it. machines that never... <laughs> never. No, I'm going to hit isn't you. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. Isn't no, that brilliant? It's wonderful when they work. <laughs> no. Of course. But, you know, yeah. and, and, and I, anyway, I just think, you know, I, I, I think that, yes, life is horrible at the moment. None of us are enjoying mm-hmm. this time. But, but we have to, we, have, we will change. We will adapt. We will adopt. And we will overcome. Um, and look for the lessons, and we will, we will absolutely, yeah. you know, heed the lessons yeah. from it. So I, I, you know, and the other thing is, and you saw this, mm-hmm. you know, going into the financial crisis of two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, sure, sure. the whole world was about excess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you'd go uh, everywhere you went. There was excess spending. There was excess celebration everything was done to you know in the absolute excess yeah. um you know life every part of life looked like a bit of vegas with people spraying champagne around yeah yeah, yeah. living this massive life this huge huge life living yeah. large and whatever it was and what came out of the financial crisis was authenticity craft roots community yeah a more caring and how did that affect alcohol well, the rise of craft brands. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. Long, no longer was it cool just to have the biggest, sexiest, you know. Everybody knows it. Kind everybody of. knows it brands. Yeah. You know, now it was all about discovery. And, yeah. oh, no, I've discovered this new, amazing local gin or this new, amazing local whiskey that's made by the guy down the road. And I don't want to support big corporate. I want to support small business and small brands, you know. And it was amazing to see that. And then, of course, the big brands, what do they do? Started acquiring the small brands. Yeah. Right. But guess what? <laughs> that drove entrepreneurialism for sure. more and more people to give it a go. To create. And, and that's what's the best thing about America, is, is America embraces 
entrepreneurialism yes in a way that look, no other country in the world look for does. opportunities not yeah. everybody and everybody loves you for having a go everybody loves you for you know giving it a good shot yeah and, and nobody gives anybody a hard time for <laughs> trying and failing they give you a hard time for doing nothing they might give you they might um kind of tease you about it but but everybody really appreciates someone we do love entrepreneurs in we this do country. everybody we do. loves somebody you know look at elon musk yep uh, he'll he'll start to launch something and it'll blow up and then two months later he'll launch right it back and at it and it's yeah. fabulous and it there it goes so what a wonderful opportunity we had to sit here in bryant park on this beautiful day and now that we've been here so long it's cooled off and and do you <laughs> edit these by any wild chance <laughs> All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.